Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is today's message. We just believe that God is a God that can do anything. Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. I love to watch someone come in not loving Jesus. They're Christian. And turning into somebody that loves them with a passion. God heals the brokenhearted. God comforts us. And God gives us that peace that we think we'll never have again. Life is hard. Church should help. Again, guys, I want to welcome you to Believer's Church. And this is Vine, a visionary series. This is our final weekend in this series, and I'm kind of sad to see it go, but we're going to have a blast this weekend as we open up uh, the Bible concerning vision and where we're going as a church and how you can help God do incredible things on the earth by becoming part of what's happening here. And I want to just begin by celebrating. In lesson two, we talked about how we're better together, and we launched our fall connect groups that weekend, and we broke records. We have uh, this past week, we had more people involved in connect groups than we have ever had in our church history. And uh, we, we have over 600 people that are actually actively involved in, in a connect group. And I think we should celebrate that, guys, and thank God. That's higher than we've ever done in our history. On, on Wednesday night, we have all kinds happening. We come in here at 7 on Wednesday nights, and uh, we worship like we did today. We sing songs of praise to God, and then um, we break into our groups and um, if you ha- didn't sign up for groups, you can still come Wednesday night because for the adults, we have our adult Bible study. You don't have to sign up for that. That will be taking place after we worship this Wednesday. And then Paramount, our student ministry, it's every week. And so you can, if you have students, they can come and go into Paramount at the same time. So you can be involved. It's a 10-week semester. And I'm excited about today because today I'm going to deal with the very reason you were created. I'm going to deal with this thing God created you to do. And here on planet Earth, God has a presence. Do you know how the United States of America has embassies? And our embassies are in hundreds of countries around the world, and those embassies represent the United States. Well, God has embassies, and his embassies are called the local church. And local churches are God's embassies on planet Earth, and he has chosen to display himself, reveal himself. He's chosen to reach a world and let the world know what he did for them through local churches. And when you accept Christ as your Savior, he's created you and gifted you to volunteer in a local church to help his embassies accomplish what they're called to accomplish. And what's cool is everything the embassy, the local church accomplishes, God sees you as doing it because he realizes it takes more than one person. He realizes it's, it's a whole. And we talked about here at Believers how we understand uh, people that have accepted Christ can be put into three categories. They can be a fan, a friend, or a follower. And we talked about how followers, this is God's end game. A follower is someone who hears what Jesus said. Jesus said to those that believed, everybody that believed in him, he said this, he said, if you're going to follow me, he says, you have to love me more than any person on the planet. 
So we're not pleasing people, we're pleasing him. When we see something in the Bible that he wants us to do, we do it because we love him more than people. And there might be people that don't want us to do it, but we do it because it pleases him. He said, if you're going to follow me, you have to pick up your cross and begin to follow me. Crosses stand for persecution, but they also stand for something called crucifixion, where we die to ourselves and we say, I don't really want to do what you said in the Bible, Jesus. It re- I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it because you asked me to. And that's what following him's all about, just surrendering him. He said, if you're going to follow me, you have to forsake everything. That means we make him Lord of our life, and we say, it's not what we want, it's what you want, Jesus. And if, if you don't want me to live that lifestyle, I'll change, Jesus. I'll do whatever you want. It's not about following me or this church. It's about following him. And I don't know about you, I feel real safe following Jesus. I, I don't feel safe following men but I feel really safe following Jesus. And one of the things Jesus asked us to do is to serve. He asked us to volunteer. And so we'll be talking about that today. Now, uh, I want to help you find where you belong, and I think I can do that. Two years ago, I was in Chicago uh, in downtown. Uh, I was at uh, the Water Tower Mall right next to John Hancock Building on North Michigan Avenue, and I saw this machine, and you can see the machine behind me on the screen. This is called a Meality Machine. It was inside the mall. And, and I read the captions to find out how it works. Here's how it works. You step into the machine. These video cameras circle you, and they're circling you. And then after they circle you, they analyze your body. And then on a screen, they tell you what style of jeans would fit you best. <laughs> so I got in, and I'm standing there. It seemed like an hour, and that machine's circling and circling and circling. Then finally up on the screen, it comes out and it says, skinny jeans. (laughs) Can you believe it? I was shocked. And you're out there saying, I don't know. I think he's jiving me at this point. But but no, notice, notice, notice all the material. See the material? (laughs) Genetically, I store everything from the waist up. And so uh, they said skinny jeans. And I was like, whoa, I'm shocked. But actually, I'm jiving you. Um, When I saw that machine, when I saw that machine, I looked at it, I read the captions, and I said, get thee behind me, devil, no way. (laughs) Gina walked in, she was very comfortable walking in, but uh, I kind of knew I needed the looser fit kind of stuff. And and so I share that story for this reason. We have our own Meality machine here. We, We actually created one. It's called a Serb tent. It's in our main lobby, the west lobby where I'm pointing, and at the end of service, you can go talk to a very friendly volunteer. No video cameras are going to circle you or anything like that. You can talk to a really friendly volunteer, and they'll help you figure out where you can fit in volunteering here at Believer's Church. And I'm really excited about what this weekend's all about and what it stands for. We have 11 core values, guys. Here's one of our core values. and It reads like this. Um, we are saved people who serve people. Now, if you're visiting today and you're checking us out, maybe you don't even consider yourself a Christian, this message is for you in this sense. You can see what God wants Christians to be like. And, and, and maybe if you know a Christian, it isn't the way the Bible says they should be. You won't blame God. You'll blame them for not following God. Uh, but, but it will help you understand God. If you're new at the church, I realize, I, I realize you know, you may not be ready to plug in. You're still f- trying to figure out if you like me, if you like this place, and, and, and you, you figure that out. You, 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 you know, you decide, let God tell you if you belong here or not. But for those of you that have settled the fact this is where I belong, 
um, I, I do want to encourage you, if you're not connected, to become connected. And then there's a bunch of you, you were connected, whether here or somewhere else, and for whatever reason, you burned out, you were disillusioned, you had a leader that did something that really caused you to be disillusioned towards God. And I just want to say to you, man, don't look to people, look to Jesus. Let him be the center. People will make mistakes, but you know what? You're doing this for God, not for people. And God will reward you, not people. And so some of you, I'm encouraging you to get yourself back in the game. So when we say we're saved people who serve people, here's what we wrote underneath this. We believe that every person is uniquely gifted to serve a greater purpose. The local church is the hope of the world, and we are all strategically a part of it, using our talents and time to serve and save the world. Isn't that pretty cool? Now, some of you might be sitting here saying, my gifts aren't that great, or I don't know what I would do, or um, I don't know if I can do what Jesus asked me to do. Well, he, he asked you to follow him. That's what he asked. And much of what you do is going to be as a team. It's hooking up with the team and being a part of the team. And, and so if, if the embassy, the local church is doing it and you're helping, God sees you as doing it because this is not a one-man show. This is not a 10-man show. This takes a team, and we have an incredible team. Volunteers, thank you. People that are going to be future volunteers, you're walking into our Meality machine today or uh, in the next couple weeks, thank you so, so much. Now, listen to this. Jesus had 12 disciples, and two of them took Jesus aside. And they, it was James and John. They said, Jesus, when we arrive in heaven, We'd like to sit one on your right hand and one on your left. Now, you and I, we're not used to kings and kingdoms. Uh, but in Bible days, these guys knew what a kingdom was, and they knew the person that sat on the right and the left hand of the king uh, would be the highest-ranking people in the kingdom. They, they, they'd be high-ranking. They, they'd be living up as high as they could uh, in a lifestyle. So they're saying to Jesus, we really want to live and be right on your right and your left side. And you know what? I think if I was one of the disciples back then, I probably would have asked a similar question. Because isn't it in all of us the desire to succeed? Uh, I, I mean, we're not doing this to lose. We, we want to succeed. And, and that desire is in us. And so these guys are thinking, well, you know, maybe if we ask him, he'll give us a little favor. And I think he pays more attention to me than the other guys anyway. But the other ten heard it. And Jesus had to literally break up a fist fight. I know you won't find that in a verse, but imagine 12 guys, rough guys, a lot of them fishermen. Uh, they, they find out two of them are trying to get a better deal than they are. They were mad. And I like the fact Jesus had to deal with those types of things. It makes me feel better when I have to deal with them. And uh, so watch what happened. Mark 10, 41. When the 10 other disciples heard what Jesus and John had asked, they were indignant. Verse 42, so Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, the Christians, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you, listen to this, must be the slave of everyone else. Jesus talks about being a leader in his kingdom, being first. That's the right hand and the left hand. That's what John and James were asking for. And he says, guys, you live in a world where people get to the top to be treated different. They, they want to be treated different. They want to live by a different set of rules and 
Don't we see that even in America as we live here? I mean, uh, you know, we, we have our Congress having special favors with health care that we're not going to get. And it's like, what? You guys created it. You should live under it too. And, and, and that's the world that we live in. It's, it's a crazy world. And people on top take advantage of people on the bottom. And Jesus says, in my kingdom, it's not going to be that way. And he used two really strong words, didn't he? Servant and slave. And what do servants and slaves have in common? They live to fulfill the needs of other people. Jesus is calling us to follow him, and in following him, he's saying, there needs to come a time in your Christian life where you make a decision that you're here to serve, and you're here to give, and you're here to help others find what you have found. You're here to help others have an eternity that's bright, I want you to serve and lay your life down. And here's what's so cool about it. Once you begin to do it, you find out you're more blessed than the person you're laying your life down for. It's amazing. You think at first it's just going to be this redundant, uh, hard job, but you find out the greatest fulfillment is in serving in God's kingdom. So I believe he wants us to have this attitude all the time. When we're with our family on the job, have a servant's heart have, have the heart that I'm here to serve, and, and won't that make Jesus, our Jesus look better when we have an attitude like that? Absolutely. But he's also saying, guys, I want you to lay my, your life down, and that's what this is all about for the cause. The cause is Jesus. <laughs> and local churches are his embassy, so that's where you, you get involved. Now, I realize this. I've been doing this for 30 years. About 1% of Christians will serve in parachurch organizations. Like, they'll help Billy Graham do what he's doing, people like that. But 99% of Christians, they're going to serve within the local church. You're either going to do it in a parachurch or local church. Uh, that's where you serve. And I know there's a lot of Christians out there, they're like wild stallions, and, you know, I don't need a church, I don't go to church, I do it myself. And, and those are always people that really aren't living for God. I've, I know them, I've met them. They're really not sold out. Because when you sell out, you listen to Jesus. And Jesus tells you to hook up with church, and not whether it's this or another, you hook up with church, and, and then he says, hey, I, I want you to lay your life down, and I want you to serve. And can I tell you, I'm, you guys know I'm honest. There are times when God's dealt with me to do that in different areas, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to give something up, and it wasn't a bad thing. It was, it was just like something I liked, and it's like, Lord, I don't want to give two more hours of my life up for you. I love you, but I gave a lot up already, and uh, there's just certain things I like to do, and I'd rather not do this for you. And I've had that happen over and over. Uh, this is a specific thing. It's not general, but it's specific to me. But several years ago, God dealt with me to become a big brother. You know the organization Big Brother, Big Sister? He dealt with me to become a big brother, and the young man he wanted me to become a big brother to is, um, was a guy that I tutored in first grade in second grade, I, I, I was a tutor. I tutored him in math, and uh, I just volunteered at Jefferson Elementary School for a couple years, and God began to deal with my heart. I want you to adopt him as your little brother, and in order to do that, you have to promise eight hours a month, four hours twice a month, and that's a chunk of time for me, and I'm arguing with God like, God, I'll give him money. I'll do anything, but Eight hours is a lot of hours. How many of us do that with God? I'll write a check, I'll give, but my time is precious. And, and, and uh, 
I remember the fight I had. It's the same fight I had when God dealt with me to get involved in church, you know, and, and, and help in a church. And, and I remember just finally saying, all right, Lord. And it wasn't because I didn't love this young man. He's, I love him. He's cool. It's just that my, I'm fighting with my life, my time. I mean, Lord, I like this earth, and I like to do some things on this earth. And, and uh, twice a month, I really don't know if I have the time to give. And, and here's what's amazing. You yield and obey God, obey God, and then you end up being more blessed than the person you're laying your life down for. It's amazing. There's nothing like it. And so I know that some of you are, there's a battle right now, and you're saying, Pastor Joe, you're good, but I'm not buying. You might be sitting here saying, you're good, but I'm not so sure I'm going to buy today. And, and, and that's okay. Uh, but I do want to challenge you because um, this has to do with who's first for eternity. This has to do who leads for eternity. And we know we're, we go to heaven by faith. We can't work our way there, guys. But the Bible does talk about people being rewarded at higher levels. And how many of us can agree eternity is like really, really long? it's long, much longer than this life. So I'm always battling. Jesus ended, he ended this a section with this, Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, the fact that it begins with even lets us know. He just, he just asked them to do something. He said, I want you to have the attitude of a servant and a slave. Put other people first. Put my kingdom first. But, but then he says, he says, I did it. He said, I'm not asking you to do something I didn't do. The Son of Man is referring to Jesus in, in Matthew. And, and it, he's saying, guys, I didn't come to be served. How many of us can agree that the creator of the universe should have been served by the people he created? He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to lay my life down and to serve. And wow, it wasn't easy for Jesus to do that too. I, I bet there were some other things he would have enjoyed doing more often. But you know what? He laid his life down. Now, can I say this to make sure we're all balanced in our thinking and make sure you're not filling in blanks? I still have fun. You guys know that. I mean, I rode here this morning with my Jeep open, and I'm going to ride home with it open and going to go do some things and, and enjoy the weather. And, and, and I love to shoot things and shoot guns, and, and I, love, I, I love all kinds of things, and I do them, but I balance it out. You understand what I'm saying? I also give some time and I say, God, I'm going to serve your kingdom and I'm going to lay my life down. I want to make sure you understand that. So we have two other core values that connect to volunteering and uh, our volunteers understand this. And I just want to show you uh, and talk about these two core values with volunteering. Our, our number eight core value is we all scream green. And, uh, you know, our, our volunteers, the ones you see, the guest services and, 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 and those types of volunteers, they all have green shirts on and I don't know about you, but green isn't my favorite color. I like blue, and, and, uh, if, and I would have picked blue, but we picked green because it stands out, and here's what we wrote under there. We believe the church is all about the people we are called to reach, not our personal preferences, so even if green is not our favorite color, we will wear the BC green jersey and unify under the one vision God has given us. Two great references biblically, and... Uh, this is all about how powerful any organization can be if we're united. Our vision is we exist to see a city connected with God. And, and when you hook up with a team, even the jersey they ask you to wear, the t-shirt might not be the color you like, or maybe t-shirts you feel don't flatter you as well as some other type of clothing. Whatever it might be, 
but it's all about doing what, you know, fulfilling the vision and doing whatever it takes to get the vision done. So one of the references here is Genesis 11, really cool reference in the Bible. This is after Noah's flood. Hundreds of thousands of people now live on the earth. People have multiplied, and a leader rose up. His name was Nimrod, and Nimrod was actually a great leader. And the Bible says all the people of the earth spoke one language. There weren't very various languages at the time, and they all had one purpose under Nimrod. And they were following this really strong, really great leader, and they decided to build a tower. It was the world's first skyscraper, and they're building the tower, and the Bible says God was so interested that he came down to take a look at the tower, and that would have been Jesus, God's son. He comes down and he looks, and here's what Jesus said. It's a powerful statement. Jesus said, because they are of one language and one purpose, there's nothing that they can't accomplish. That's what he said. And corporations know this. Corporations, secular corporations, they, they, they train their employees. The ones that succeed, they know this, that unity is so important. It's important in church. That's why we just simply have a core value that says we all scream green. And you know what else happened there at the Tower of Babel? Some of you may wonder why it happened. Remember, after Jesus looked, he, he, he confused their languages, and they all began to speak different languages. That's when the nations were formed. And if you study the scriptures and study some, some, some scientists and historians say this very, very well, uh, after people's languages were confused, the tower stopped being built. And that's what happens when you're not of one language and one purpose. The tower was never completed, and historians will tell us Scientists will tell us that there was a great earthquake that took place after that time, and they believed the continents were together, and when the earthquake happened, the continents separated and the nations were formed. And you might wonder, does God not like skyscrapers? Maybe I shouldn't go in a skyscraper. I mean, was this all about skyscrapers? No. Here's what it was about, real quick so you understand it. God knew that if the people were united with one language, that the enemy would bring in his antichrist, and everything would happen quicker than God wanted it to happen. Do you know what he wanted? He wanted you to be born. He wanted to be able to send his son to save the world. And so he had to slow it down. So he slew it down by creating the different languages and splitting the continents. But can all of us agree that the world's becoming more and more one with technology, the internet? Um, we're talking one world monetary that, that's being thrown. One world government's thrown around. President Bush throw, threw it around. Our current president throws it around. It, it, it's the seeds that have been planted. And, and why is that going to happen? You and I shouldn't be upset. It's so that history can wind down and we can go to the next phase and Jesus can come back. So we should rejoice during this time. We're not going to stop it. But that's why that happened. But I shared the story just for the unity's sake just so you can see how powerful it is. Now, would you guys help me? I, I have an illustration. I need your help. Uh, I don't, I'm going to ask you not to be shy. None of you will stand out because we're all going to do it. But at the count of three, would you shout out your favorite color? And if it's not green, don't shout green out. Whatever your favorite color is, I'm not looking for you to say green. I want you to say your favorite color. I'm going to shout out blue, okay? So here we go. One, two, three. Blue. <laughs> Did, did that make any sense at all? And I really believe that's how some churches are, and I believe that's how some corporations are. Uh, there's not unity, and there's not oneness and purpose. But now let's, let's do another uh, illustration. You ready? 
at the count of three, whether it's your favorite color or not, can we all say green? It's the count of three. Can we say green? You ready? One, two, three. Green! You got that, didn't you? And, and that's why we scream green here at Believers, because there's power in unity. And here's something else that we really believe in strongly here at Believers. It's core value number nine. Excellence inspires us. And uh, I want to make sure I say this and, and make sure you know that I understand this. Excellence is so powerful, but we know that our power source is prayer. And here at Believers, we pray like crazy. I mean, every Saturday morning, I'm praying with a group of people at 9 a.m. I pray with our staff on a regular basis. We have prayer people praying all over the place all the time. And I know that nothing happens without prayer. And I know that prayer releases God to touch hearts, change hearts. I know that. But you know what? If we pray our hearts out and turn people off because we do a bad job, uh, I'm telling you, no matter how much we pray, people will walk away if we're not excellent in how we do it. And here's what we wrote under here. We believe that excellence glorifies God and leaves people, especially the lost, breathless and receptive to God and his word. We give our best and seek excellence in all we do. So that's why we rehearse for this service on Saturday nights. Can you imagine 3.30, we do a rehearsal for a five o'clock service and our volunteers come out early to go through the rehearsal and everybody involved in this room is going through the rehearsal. I come out to go through the rehearsal. Why? We know the powers in the prayer, but we also know it needs to be excellent. Uh, we, we train our volunteers to smile and be sweet. When someone's looking for a room, we train them to walk them to the room. Don't just tell them where it is. Walk them to the room. And we do all kinds of things like that. Why? Because we realize that excellence catches people's attention and it gives God a chance to do what God wants to do. I found this survey. It was so cool. If you own a business, you're going to love this. It's why customers quit a product. And um, uh, church is like a product. So this is for businesses, but church, it would apply for church. And what you're going to notice is some of these are out of our control. We can't control some of them, guys. Here, here's, here, here's the first one. One percent quit a product because they die. Can we control that if somebody dies? Absolutely not. So that's going to happen. 3% move away. If someone leaves town, can we control that? Can a business, can a restaurant control that if you, you, you go to another state? No, they can't control that. 5% because of price. And I got to thinking about that in the church world. Here I am this weekend, and you're, you're hearing me say it, a follower makes a decision to follow Jesus, and they make Jesus Lord of their life, and, and they make a decision to be a servant. Some people come to our church and visit, and they say, I don't want to pay that price. I'd like a different flavor of Christianity. So we'll have 5% of people say, I'm not ready to throw it down for Jesus. But I have to still preach the truth, don't I? I have to say what the Bible says. So uh, sometimes people leave for that reason. That's out of my control. 9% competition pulls them away. And uh, churches are not competing. I don't look at other churches as competition. But you know what? Sometimes people say, I like that church more than this church, or I'm going to come to believers. I like it. That's going to happen. And you know what? It's happening both ways. And so what? People need to find out where they're comfortable. And then here's this 14% um, leave because of product dissatisfaction. And uh, that's part of the excellence thing. It could also be the fact that they say, I don't like Italians and I don't want an Italian pastor. You know, it, it could be anything. I don't like the way, I don't like the way service is done here. 
We understand that that's out of our control. I can't change who I am. I don't like the way the guy teaches. I prefer some other style. He doesn't preach. There's not enough fire in him. Whatever it might be, I'm okay with that. I have to be who I am. There's a certain type of people that like who I am, and so I'm here for them. Others will go somewhere else, and that's all cool. Um, that's not within my power unless we're doing something wrong. But here's the one that blows my mind. 68% of people quit a product because of non-caring staffers. They're just treated bad. And I don't know if you've ever been treated bad somewhere, but, or, or you just feel like they don't care. You feel like you're just a number. You feel like uh, they're looking through you or they're not paying attention to you. And this is excellence, guys. And that's why we make it such an important part of Believer's Church. We realize that people walk away from God because we're not letting them feel like they're important. And we want to make everybody feel important because Jesus thinks everybody is important. So that's why uh, excellence is important to us. This helps me be excellent. Uh, are you ready? Colossians 3.17, it reads like this. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And you saw the word whatever. What, what if tomorrow as you go through your week, whatever you're going to do, work or whatever it is, you looked at yourself as a representative of Jesus? Would it change the way you live? It really changes the way we run church because we're like, our attitude is, man, we represent Jesus. This is what people are going to think about God when they come in here. So that's why excellence is so important. Listen to verse 23, Colossians 3.23. Work uh, willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So stop and think. Don't, don't say this out loud. W would you give a little more tomorrow? if you're working on your job or whatever you do, if, if Jesus were your direct supervisor, would things change? It changes everything, huh? And, and he says we should live our life like we're working for him. And, and when you're in the church, you're not just doing this for the supervisor or for me. You're doing this for Jesus, and that's why we give 100%. And I got to thinking about this verse. You know, we have a board here, and when it comes to financial decisions, they're making those decisions, and I'm so thankful for them. But you know, no one's looking over my shoulder all week. Um, I, I have to study, but no one's making sure I do. I, I have to pray, but no one's making sure I do. But you know why I do it? You know why I give 100%? Because I realize I answered to Jesus anyway, and he, I can't fool him, so I'm going to give him all I have, and it changes the very way you live. Hey, I want to close with one more scripture, and then I want to show you a cool video. Um, 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And that's really what volunteering is all about, us helping other people connect with God at a higher level. We have an incredible couple here. They're, they're involved here in this church, in this uh, service. So uh, I want you to listen to what Rudy and Becky have to say. Hi, my name's Becky Pekarovic, and this is my husband, Rudy. We met in 1984 at a dance, and it was a teacher function for me, and he happened to be off work. We met there and uh, started dating after that, and pretty much was engaged after six months later. We were married on uh, July 21st, 1984. I was really excited, but I also was really nervous. And, uh, but once we got there, everything went great. All our friends and family were there. It was just an awesome day. And uh, it's been like that since. 
My relationship with church growing up was um, a parochial background. I went to St. Stephen's for eight years. My relationship is pretty much similar to Rudy's. Uh, I was raised pretty strict Catholic. Uh, my parents, um, I mean, there was no option. You, you definitely went to church every Sunday. Everything was so mandated. Our prayers and everything was so memorized that it really wasn't from the heart. And so you really never got to know Jesus. We first heard about Believer's Church from my teenage son, Richie. He would go and play basketball there on Wednesday nights and have a, they had a great time and it seemed like it was a lot of fun. Then I used to watch Pastor Joe on Sunday and it's like, he was always intriguing. So polished, it's a joy to watch him. We opted to visit and it was, it was automatic. It was just like, wow, this is the place to be. The first time we attended, uh, I was just like amazed, first of all, with the worship service. And then listening to Pastor Joe, I mean, within an hour, we sat there and it seemed like 15 minutes. Everybody could relate to what he was saying. We go to leave and Amy Ray, who is the um, director of the little kids in the back, she came chasing after me. And she was like, come back in here. How are you? What's going on? and she just made us feel so welcome. And it was like, man, this was, a, the service was awesome. She said, yeah, I know. She says, I want you guys to come back. And we said, we will, and we did. We felt like God was leading us to take the next step. And uh, shortly after we first visited, they had an opportunity for membership. What it's done for me, I'd like to have everyone be able to experience that and, and, and just, it's just a wonderful thing. I would say to someone that's not sure on what they want to get involved in right now, if they would just um, just sit back and look at all the things that we have to offer. To be able to meet people that have just met God, when they come out those doors with that Bible in their hands, and they come to us at guest services to get their free gift, it's like a sensation that you've never felt. Our vision at Believers is to see a city connected with God. If you think that you don't have what it takes, don't think that way. Everybody has something to offer. I'm Rudy. I'm Becky. And, and this, this is, is why, why we serve. serve. We appreciate that. When you walk out, they'll be giving these to you. It has all the areas you can get involved in. I'm going to take just two more minutes, and I just want to read them because uh, you might not know what size gene to buy. Uh, spiritual gene. I, I want to tell you, we have so many sizes available, it's incredible. So uh, one is altar prayer, guys. And you know how I say if you need prayer, come up. If you want to be part of the altar prayer team, you love to pray, um, you can hook up with that team, volunteer there. Another is coffee team, all of you that enjoy uh, free coffee. Um, we have ladies uh, come and they make it, they serve it. And if you want to be part of that team, it would be awesome. Guest services, this, these are the people that connect with our first-time visitors, our guests and uh, it's an incredible place to be uh, volunteering. If you feel good, you feel that's a fit, we'd love to have you there. How about hospitality? When someone dies, um, we have a team that helps facilitate the dinners, and we, we help them in any way we can through that process, the family, and that may be a place where you have a heart for. Or our host team, the people that you know serve us communion, they receive the offerings, they're opening doors, they're smiling, they're helping you in any way that they can. That's our host team. And then we have housekeeping. There are people that come into the building during the week and they volunteer 
to run the sweeper, clean the bathrooms. And I walk out of my office on weekend or weekdays and I see people uh, just serving for, and it's just the most amazing thing. And maybe that's where, where you can help. Then we have Kids for God. Um, th- this is uh, infant through uh, kindergarten age. Uh, these are the children that are back there while we're in here. And of course, some of you are gifted for that. Some of you, you're not. And we don't really want you back there kicking our kids and things, okay? So, but if you're gifted, we, we want you, or if you have a love for kids. And, and this is the most difficult ministry to, to find help in churches all over America. And I didn't know if you know, knew this. I just want to make sure you know that if you serve in children, uh, you get a higher place in heaven. You do get the right and the left because God loves children. Jesus said that. Uh, but Amy would love, uh, and we have curriculum. We have it set up. You, you don't have to be cramming the night before or anything like that. Kiosk is where we sell products and things, and we'd love to have you help there. Maintenance, if you're good with a hammer or saw, building things, there are times when we need to build props. Uh, there are times when we do some sh- small remodeling in the building and we could use some help. That would be great. Paramount is our student ministry. And they're meeting on Wednesday nights. Last night they had a bonfire. Kids are just having an incredible blast. And if you want to be a leader in there, you have a heart for, for that age kid, we, we would love to have you. Paramount 2.0 is junior high. Um, they meet during this service, and uh, you can help there. They also meet on Wednesday nights. And then Pathway to Promise is for special needs children, and you may have a heart there, and we'd love to have you hook up. Security, we have security all through the building because we, we don't only want to protect this area. We have people in the hallways protecting your kids and walking those hallways, and we believe that's very, very important. Servolutions, when we do big events here at Believers, and uh, we do community impact events, and we'd love to have some people hook up there. Super kids are for great grade school age kids, and if you want to be a part of super kids and help on the team, curriculum's incredible. Uh, everything's prepared for you. Again, you don't have to come up with a lesson. Everything's prepared, and uh, it, it's really, really cool. Tech team, video, lighting, sound, computers. If you're good at that, we would love to have you join our tech team. And then worship, they're doing auditions, uh, singing and playing. I have, I have gone to four auditions. They, I keep, Brandon keeps failing me, so sooner or later, I want to get on the stage. I, I'm, I'm a stage hog, so I want to be up here, you know, worshiping God and everything. But if you're good at this, man, it would be a great blessing. And by the way, did you notice there's a lot of things that happen right during service time? So, man, you can double it up. You're here for service, but you're also serving, which, which helps you if you have a really tight schedule. Doesn't that help with your schedule if it's really tight? So if you go to the serve tent, our meality machine, it will help you out. Guys, let's close our eyes for a moment. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for every person in here. Lord, I thank you for those that have listened and they're making decisions right now for their future. Thank you for blessing their lives as they make these decisions, Lord God. Thank you for them making decisions to serve and become part of the volunteer teams here at Believers. Lord, and if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus, I thank you for opening up their hearts because only you can do that. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, let's stay in an attitude of prayer. Right now, I'm not talking about whether or not you go to church or you're a member of a Christian church, or if you were water baptized as an adult or a baby, those are all good things. What I'm asking you is, can you remember a day in your life where you prayed and gave your heart to Jesus and made a decision to follow him? Because that's personal. 
and, and, and our goal is to connect you with God and, and it has to become personal. That's the first thing. It has to be personal. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, my heart's open. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe that he is Lord and, and I want to receive him today and begin to follow him. If you're here and that's you, would you pray with me right now? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everybody else in the room that has prayed, would you help them out? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I receive you as Savior. And I make a decision today to follow you. I give you my heart. And I make a decision this day to become one of your disciples. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.